Welcome to the Burand and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our episodes, you experience insightful discussion about important topics you can turn around and implement in your business to become a more effective insurance professional. And today, Chris and I are going to be talking about the uh, the hard market. It seems like every time you look at any newsletter or article in the news, we're, they're talking about the hard market. So welcome, Chris. It's going to be a fun, fun topic. I uh, appreciate it. it. It'll be fun topic. A fun conversation about a painful topic. It has been painful. I know you and I have been through a few hard markets. Uh, they used to be a lot more common. It seems like we missed out on one for for the last several years, as far as those cycles go. But it's seems to be back with a vengeance and a little bit different. It is. You know, all hard markets are caused by the same thing: lack of surplus. If you go back in history, every hard market is correlated to something going wrong with surplus. They don't actually correlate to higher higher loss ratios causing a hard market. It's something that went wrong with surplus. And this one's no different. On that surplus, right? I mean, we've been through a very interesting time in the economy, really low rates of interest. Investment portfolios have probably been stressed a little bit given all the easy money out there. That has to be a, a certain portion of it, doesn't it? It is. Um, well, the industry increases surplus by almost, by roughly a little over $90 billion um, in 2021. And then they lost about $90 billion in investments in um, 2022. And that $90 billion loss, you don't go back to even. And um the companies that lost the 90 billion are not evenly spread. It's not as if every company lost the same amount. So th- this is that's a really big part of the hard market right now, Paul. It's a it's a major aspect of it. Okay. So let's put a pin in that for a minute, knowing that it's the surplus issue that's driving a significant part of this. But that's really not something that people ever hear about. I don't think that in any of the articles I've read or any of the actions I've seen carriers taken, surplus is, is never mentioned, seems like. No, it's not. Somebody called me a month or so ago, and they're talking about all the carriers withdrawing from California. And um, I don't know, something, somebody, the way they said it or something, I was like, you know, I think I want to go check this out. So I went and started looking at the carriers that announced pullouts from California. And one of the carriers lost 30% of their surplus last year. Another carrier lost 8% of their surplus. Um, Another one lost 6% of their surplus. And I'm looking at that going, and then I matched up some of the loss ratios. And California's homeowners loss ratio is only three and a half points worse than the whole industry's. If you're pulling out because you have a three and a half point worse loss ratio, that's indicative of other problems. And when you lose 30% of your surplus, well, that's the real issue. There we go. Yeah. It's uh that's what you look at. They they have had some devastating fires, right? They you talk about it, but then you spread that over the entire state. It, you can see that there'd be a reason for some concern the actions they're taking appear so disproportionate. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, over the last five years, 
for the industry as a whole, California's homeowners loss ratio is a 68.5. So not great, but it's it's not the end of the world. And if you look at the last four years, the average loss ratio is about a 45. So making money hand over fist the last four years. Insurance is a long-term play. It's not what happens last year. It's what happens over five years or so. And one of the complaints the carriers have about California is that the California um, Insurance Department has a rule that says that they can't base their pricing on their predictions of the future. They can only base their pricing using historic data. And with global warming and all of that, I get it, you know, maybe the history isn't the greatest uh, predictor of the future. But I got to tell you, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in carriers being able to predict the future all that accurately. Well, that's been that's been a, a hobby horse of mine to to beat on for a long time. You know, I've watched over the course of of my career these models developing uh, so much more um, data out there that we're just awash in information in modeling in supposedly getting more sophisticated and yet all of these tools we have we just just a um an embarrassment of riches almost in all of that modeling and yet here we are and the market season up it's hard loss ratios while they're not hair on fire have deteriorated a bit over time it it kind of doesn't make sense right if we're supposed to be so smart as an industry and have all this knowledge. And yet here we are and having all these struggles. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing. Um, there's two parts I'd bring up. One is not all models are created equal. And, and, and it is absolutely crystal clear. As you know, I analyze, I I'm just wrapping up the analyzing $200 billion of premiums written by the major carriers. So that's a big chunk of the whole industry I've analyzed in the last 60 days. Um, It's crystal clear. Some carriers have excellent models. And some carriers are probably still in the abacus stage. Um, I'm not sure they've advanced that far. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is that a number of carriers, all hard markets are created by a lack of surplus. And some of the carriers set themselves up for failure many years ago relative to surplus issues. They set themselves up because they wouldn't leave enough money in the bank. All that easy money you mentioned earlier, they just thought it was going to keep flowing, I guess. I don't know. But as far as models go, maybe the bigger issue is their investment model and their surplus growth model Maybe it's not their underwriting model, but that's something that no one wants to talk about. So for a lot of the folks then, just I think it'd be good to outline a little bit on when a company runs out of surplus, what that really means for them. Uh, Because you would think, oh, well, you don't have enough money on hand, just go out and write some more business. And I I know our agency and almost every agency I talk with is having a real problem 
writing more business, right? Keeping it on the books. There, there's a lot of uh, premium increases and things that are making it tough, but carriers don't appear to want to grow. Right. Yeah. A number of carriers can't afford to grow. Um, that's the b- bottom line, really. So I'll give you an example. A client called me up and they said, what's going on with ABC Insurance Company, Chris? They're get, they want to get off all of my accounts, even the ones that have a, are, are pristine, perfectly loss-free. Um, they're just perfect accounts. Why? And it's like, well, they're out of surplus. So if you think about it, an insurance carrier can write, they're like a bank. You can make a bank make so many loans based on how much they have in deposits. An insurance company can write X amount of premiums based on how much in surplus they have. So even if their even if their surplus doesn't decrease, but the rates are going way up, their need for increase in surplus increases proportionately. But if they've lost 30% of their surplus in one 12-month period, then if you look at it, you go, well, we got to cut out a bunch of premium. And it doesn't matter if it's good premium or bad premium. We don't have the, the money in the bank to support that much premium. And then if rates are increasing quickly, then there's even a greater number of accounts that have to be eliminated because your, the amount of surplus required is based on how much premium, among other factors that you have, not the number of accounts or policies that you write. So as rates go up, if you don't increase your surplus commensurately, you have to start losing premium. So that's why you're seeing companies sell off books of business. It's why you're seeing carriers refuse to accept even really high quality accounts. It's why you're seeing Carriers take actions that you know just puzzle you to no end. It's they're in, it's indicative of a company that's out of surplus. Theoretically, with that, then I'm a carrier. They have a nationwide footprint. I have a little bit of a surplus issue. Exiting a state would be a way to shed a lot of premium. Exiting a state would be a way to shed a whole, whole lot of premium if it was a big enough state. And that that might be a motivating force for some of the announcements we've seen for certain carriers. I don't have any particular insights, but theoretically it would uh, make a heck of a lot of sense. Yep. So for agencies, and I really feel bad, you know, we've seen the uh, announcements there in California, some announcements in uh, in Florida, obviously, and Florida has a, a myriad of issues uh, besides carriers leaving. But for the most of the agencies around the country, they're in this hard market and you're thinking, oh, a market cycle, generally lasts a couple of years. So we should be starting to right the ship, so to speak, and and ease out of this hard market. But I don't know that I'm I'm seeing that yet. What are you thinking as far as, as timing goes for the cycle? Uh, it's going to be delayed because I don't know that all of the carriers have um, fully appreciated how much surplus they total they lost in their investments yet. And a lot depends on what is going to happen with the bond market is whether the bond market bounces back fast enough but so that they can either show that they had a capital appreciation or that they don't need a write down on their investments. A whole lot depends on those points. Um, and I, so I think it's going to be a little bit delayed. 
for sure. I also think that some of the carriers, it's clear in analyzing $200 billion of premium that some of the carriers had really horrendous models and or they had inadequate internal controls resulting in loss ratios that are just, to me, inexplicable because it's not due to catastrophes. And um, so they've, you have that added to it. I think that they have to really uh, focus. One other point is there's a couple of carriers out there that are superior to most every other carrier in their success. And I think you have a number of their competitors trying to find ways to catch up. And so by one of the things that they did to catch up, and you really see this in uh, commercial liability, is that they started underpricing the market about three years ago. And I think that tail's coming due. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit delayed. I had a conversation earlier this week on on some some liability, well, at least in the excess space of that on the commercial side. And a, and a carrier just getting getting out of it, and the examples that they were using for why were were just like you said, it was a little bit of a one off. Some sounded like some pretty bad losses, unrelated to really any catastrophes. And I know I've heard a lot about the term for uh, litigation financing slash social inflation these days. I know that can be a little bit of a worry, but yet again, a lot of of what we're seeing maybe is a disproportionate or a misplaced reaction to some of that possibly? I think there's an overreaction on a lot of levels. Um, even though the industry lost $90 billion in surplus in 2022, the industry is still still has nearly uh, $1 trillion of surplus. Write it off. Say it's now only $900 billion of surplus. It's not spread evenly. One carrier has 25% of that. And, um, you know, a billion dollars loss here and a billion dollars lost there, if there's enough of them, it matters. But otherwise, it's a rounding error to the industry as a whole. Now, is it a rounding error to an individual carrier? No, not necessarily. But it's not a market driver. And I think we have to have that context. I think it's an important aspect here. The investments, losses are way bigger factors than the financing of litigation. So with that, then, to kind of have our final topic, you, what are your good the clients you're working with that seem to be um, faring pretty well through this this market, what actions are they taking? What do you recommend people start to do uh, to weather this hard market storm? Well, I think, as you know, I think education is really important. So the first thing is um, understand what your carriers are telling you and verify it with facts. Uh, I do that for a lot of clients, and especially when it's the first time I've worked with somebody, their eyes get really big when I show them the facts. And um, they're like, that isn't what my carrier told me. Well, I think it's really important to know reality. Reality 
is quite different than some of the messaging out there right now. And it varies a lot carrier by carrier. So I think that is a really important point. Another factor is that the carriers that are out of surplus, it's not like they're going to get all the surplus they need to start growing with you again tomorrow or next year. There's carriers out there that have very good models. They have plenty of surplus. Maybe they're taking a little advantage of the market right now to get a little extra money. But they're going to be there tomorrow and they're going to help you grow faster. A carrier with surplus can help you grow faster, all else being equal than a carrier without extra surplus. And that is if you want to grow your agency, a correct alignment on that point is very important. But I've got a quiz for you, Paul, before we end. Okay. So everybody's upset in the whole industry about homeowners loss ratios. I think everybody will find this pretty interesting. So from that perspective, which, which state do you think has the worst homeowners loss ratios over the last five years? Oh, well, to read the press, can I take two guesses? It has to be Florida, California, or Texas, right? Those are the, those are the big three you see, just far and away worse than everybody else. Yep, and you're, you're wrong. Florida's fifth worst. California is, I think, 13th worst. And Texas is almost dead even with the industry average for the whole country. Wow. Worst is so, Louisiana by far. Oh, well, yes. There we go. I can, I, that, that I can, you can that see I can that, see. Right? Yes. Yeah. But, but take the, take a second, take a guess as to who's, Average loss ratio is second worst, running 113% over the last five years. And it's a state nobody ever addresses as being problem. You never read about it in the press. Georgia. Nope. Okay. Georgia's about par with California. Okay. I have no idea. So Iowa has the second worst homeowners loss ratios in the entire country, averaging 113%. Boy. You want to guess on number uh, the third worst? Another a state no one ever talks about? Uh, um, man, if nobody ever talks about it. Relative to homeowners losses? Um. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's uh, loss ratios are actually, which this really, really, really amazed me, um, are actually uh, quite good. Wow. Yeah. Oklahoma's loss ratios are the 13th best in the country. Nice. Yeah. South Dakota. South Dakota's number and three. And huh? real close behind South Dakota as being fourth worst is Minnesota. Hey, you wouldn't have guessed those. Those fly under the radar completely. Yeah, and uh, both Minnesota and South Dakota, they're both worse than Florida by quite a bit. And uh, both in the 90s as an average loss ratio over the last five years. So, wow. I don't know. 
why you would continue to write business in a state averaging a 90 loss ratio, but pull out of California that's averaging a 68. Um, that would suggest to me there's something else amiss. Yeah, it's it, that's what I I just look at and and it's not making sense. I work with people that have that have been around for for quite a while, a lot of hard markets, and this one there's they come and they go, but there's something different about this. You can't quite get your finger on it. Yeah, there is. We're going to at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident saying we're going to see a reshuffling of carriers. Um, I don't think. I think a number of carriers will come out of this not looking anything like they uh, look like when they entered it. Um, we'll, we should see some consolidation. We will definitely see carriers selling off parts of the company assets. We've already seen that with some major companies um, in the last 12 months, especially carriers that are selling off multiple assets. Um, we'll, we'll see carriers shrinking in size and what we're definitely seeing is the carriers with the really good models. Um, they are growing in, in importance and market share um, significantly. So we'll see a concentration based on uh, their superior performance. It's clearly occurring. So aligning at an agency level, aligning with the winners, it's a pretty good strategy for winning. Yes. Oh, for sure. I, I look at it and think that you, you try to get that alignment in place. It, and it and it is easy to say, harder to do, right? Yes. You've got the, yeah. you have to do it on an account by account basis. Mm -hmm. But over, over time, if you really focus on that, it sure beats going, well, we just lost this carrier. They went under, they decided to, to really become volatile and shed a bunch of business. And now instead of trying to grow and, and do something else, you're scrambling, just trying to maintain the business that you had on yeah. the books that now takes a lot of extra effort. Yeah. Your, your whole staff is dedicated to doing nothing, but finding home for those accounts and your own growth then comes to a screeching halt. So if you're with a winner that has surplus and has good modeling, then um, you never have, you really don't have that happen the same way. And um, check the facts. It's pretty obvious um, when we do this for our clients. Um, it's pretty obvious. We even work for companies, carry insurance carriers to do this. And that's where it's really fun to see if, whether they are up to date as to what their competitors are doing and how they compare. A lot of times you see a lot of denial at carriers going, well, how can their models be better than our models? I think we're buying the models from the same vendor, aren't we? And somehow or another, the results are quite a bit different. Um, so there's there's definitely a difference um, in, uh, in from carrier to carrier and their success in their modeling. Huge uh -huh. difference. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate the the conversation. Hopefully, people can uh, get through this. But definitely, if they like some help in seeing what the facts state and what reality really is, and and to get that inside track, um, highly recommend they give you a call. I know I've enjoyed 
working with you on some of those projects and, and they've been very helpful. So I uh, appreciate that. It's fun to do. Um, as long as you're a person who can accept reality, um, cause sometimes the reality paints a picture you don't want to see, but, <laughs> and if you, you know, sometimes that picture is, oh, my favorite company is going to go down the tubes here. You know, well, yeah, accept the reality of it, move on. And some people can't, you know, but you got to, reality helps. Yeah, reality checks good here, Paul. So I appreciate that. Good conversation. We, Thank you. Absolutely. And we enjoyed everybody uh, listening. And we'll talk to you next time.